Welcome back to Murder Sandwich, a true crime mystery podcast hosted by yours truly, Vicki James. Today I'm joined by my beautiful guest, Danielle, and she's one of my best friends. And today we'll be discussing Natalie Woods for our second episode. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Uh, before we dive in, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who supported me with my first podcast. Ooh. I was actually very surprised on how many people listened to it. So really thank you for all the support. You even had people in Denmark. It's impressive. <laughs> and Morocco. So with that, go grab yourself a BLT, a Reuben, or even a Turkey Club, and let's mow down on some true crime. overview on who we're doing today. So Natalie Woods is an American actress. She's actually best known for her role on Miracle on 34th Street, as well as Rebel Without a Clause with James Dean, and also West Side Story. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress at the Academy Awards for Rebel Without a Cause, and actually won a Golden Globe for her portrayal in From Here to Eternity in 1980. So she was exceptionally talented (laughs) since the time she was at least five years old. It's true. In total, she's been the recipient of four Golden Globes and three Academy Award nominations in her career. So let's dive into her childhood. So just to preface, her <laughs> her born name is very Russian, so I'm going to butcher this. So her actual name <laughs> is on, Natalia Nikolaevna Zakarenko. <laughs> we are just going to refer to her as Natalie Woods. You said that so eloquently. Do it a second time. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so she was born on July 20th, 1938 in San Francisco, California, to Russian immigrant parents Nikolai and Maria. So Nikolai was the son of a chocolate factory worker uh, in Serbia, and he actually had to join something called anti-Bolshevik civilian forces during the Russian Civil War. And when he came back, he actually was killed in a street fight in 1918. So the whole family up and went to Montreal. Oh my gosh, the twist in the story already. (laughs) Yeah. And then Maria was born in southern Serbia. Her father owned a soap and candle factory. And then when the Civil War started, they actually went to China. So he was like the original Avon. Yes. (laughs) And she settled down in a city called Harbin in China. And then she actually married someone named Alexander Tatilov. They had a daughter, Olga, together, which would have been Natalie's older sister, uh, they divorced in 1936, and then that's when she met Nikolai, and they got married. So Natalie was obviously born in San Francisco, and then they moved to L.A. because Maria was ridiculously sent on <laughs> Natalie being a film star. She was. She was always chasing the glamorous life for yeah. her daughter. It. There was definitely reports that Maria wanted to be an actress, like, really bad herself. She um, fell in love with Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. Which, like, back then, I guess it was, like, glitz and glam, right? It's true. So, Natalie's first job was actually just a few weeks before her fifth birthday, so Maria got her started very young. She was just in a really small scene in a show called Happy Land, and this was in 1943. But the director actually took notice of her. I'm not sure if it was in a creepy way or in just a nice way. (laughs) It's Hollywood. You never know. (laughs) It's true. And he remained in contact with them for, like, a few years, and that gave her more roles as they came up. So that was 
obviously really great for her because in 1947 that's when she got her role in miracle on 34th street that's totally what like sent her off to stardom it's true yeah that was her big break yeah after the role she was actually counted as among the top child stars in hollywood and then was invited to appear in macy's thanksgiving day parade which was like obviously a huge deal back then and then at age nine, she had been named the most exciting juvenile motion picture star of the year by Parents Magazine. She also won an award, too, for one of her films. But the film required her to cry on cue, actually. And her mother was so determined to make her daughter a star, she actually plucked the wings off a live butterfly in front of Natalie in order to make her cry. So <laughs> her stardom came at a bit of a cost. Her mother was a bit of a psycho. <laughs> Sounds like, like a psycho. You know, we thought Mama June was bad. <laughs> you know, this is just next level. Yes. She's like the 1950s version of Mama June. <laughs> <laughs> but even more merciless. Yeah. And with less plastic surgery. Yes. Uh, so then she was in tons of movies and TV up until like teenage and adult years. But she got another big break in 1955 when she was 16, when she starred alongside James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. She was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for that film. The funny thing is, I think she made a pass at James Dean when she was on that film because she had always had a crush on him. But he basically shot her down like, no, you are way too young. <laughs> We're super so illegal. good for him for having some of that rare integrity amongst male actors in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, so then at age 25, she received her third Academy Award nomination for Love with the Proper Stranger. Actually, this made Wood, alongside one other person, I actually forget her first name, but it was Teresa something. Um, at this time, it made her and Teresa the youngest person to score three Oscar nominations. But this record was actually broke by Jennifer Lawrence in 2013 and then Shirsi Ronan in 2017. I'm probably butchering Shirsi's actual name. I had to Google it. So Yeah. <laughs> and then in total, she actually was in 56 films for cinema and television before her death. Very impressive. That actually is really impressive. That is. And I have no idea how to pronounce that name. I always thought it was Sayeries Ronan, but I, I don't know. It's very I, Irish, and I have Irish heritage. I feel like I should be better at this. I should also know that, but I had to Google it, and I meant to put down the phonetic spelling in my notes, and I forgot. So I'm pretty sure it's Shirsi, but I don't... This could be a new good drinking game. It's like you can nail the, the proper language first. Yeah, Irish names are really hard to read, or, yeah, to read out. So we'll jump into her marriages, which she had a few. No judgment. But in 1957, she actually married Robert Wagner. He's another actor we'll get to later. They got married in Scottsdale, Arizona. She was 18 and he was 26. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of an age difference. But they actually didn't last a super long time. So in 61, so only like four years later, they announced their separation and then were divorced by 62. There were accounts that he had a little bit of a temper, though. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, a couple of the neighbors. Mar Natalie's the younger mentioned. sister, Lana, she actually claimed very publicly, <laughs> publicly that the reason for their divorce was that Natalie actually walked in on him with another man. So not yeah. sure how true that is. Well, that's the thing. Everything's swept under the rug in Hollywood. It's probably <laughs> filthy under there. That's true. Uh, she, after her first marriage, she actually dated some high-profile men. So she actually liked Warren Betty, Michael Caine, David Niven Jr. And then she also had a broken engagement with some shoe manufacturer named Vladislav. 
Let's face it, if you're glamorous and have the looks, wouldn't you date some of the hottest men in the world too? She's actually like so gorgeous though. When you look at her photos, she was she is so pretty. Interestingly enough too, for her role in Rebel Without a Cause, her parents were so conservative. They really didn't want her to take it, but she was going through that teenage renegade rebellion and she demanded she do the role. Otherwise she refused to act. And it ended up being a really good break for her and showed her versatility. Because that's the thing with child stars. It's hard to grow from a child star and actually make it to an adult star. For sure. That's why, like, so many Disney stars, I think, like, totally have, like, that rebel phase because they're trying to, like, break out of the perfect Mm -hmm. role. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, Rebel Without a Cause, like, I've never seen it, but, like, people talk about it still all the time in, like, pop culture. So it obviously did her some good. (laughs) Yeah, she was one of the original bad girls. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm with you on the Disney star thing, but Miley Cyrus, that was the biggest shocker. But look yeah. how well she's doing now. She is. <laughs> she survived the twerking instant. <laughs> so in May of 69, she ended up marrying Richard Gregson. And they had a daughter together named Natasha. And then they ended up divorcing in 71. So again, short-lived. You know, she actually named her daughter Natasha because her original name was Natasha. And yeah, I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce the rest of the Russian <laughs> bit. But they forced her to change it to Natalie Wood. So it sounded more American and movie star friendly. And that's why she named her daughter Natasha. It was almost an ode to her, you know, old Russian name and that's a nice. middle finger to Hollywood. She was flipping the bird a little. <laughs> Good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I did read later on that uh, Natasha actually, like, changed her name to Natasha Gregson um, Wagner. So to, like, honor her, her like, biological father, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, because... Wood and Wagner actually got remarried. <laughs> That's my little next point. So they Keeping got it in the family, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they resumed their relationship quickly after. They officially got remarried of July 16th of 72, and then they welcomed a daughter named Courtney a couple years later. So, who's Robert Wagner? <laughs> and why does he. A semi famous B lister. <laughs> yes. So, he was born in 1930. He's actually totally still alive, he's 91 and still kicking. And we would best know him as number two in the Austin Power trilogy films. But he did have a little bit of a career in the 60s and 70s. In my opinion, it wasn't as good as Natalie's. Mm -hmm. But who knows? She was the shining light of that relationship. Back then, though, he probably got paid a lot more for his roles than she did. So maybe he had more money. Like, I'm not really sure. Oh, yeah. Gender equality was not a thing (laughs) in those days. No. Um, he actually wrote a memoir a few years ago, and he claimed to have affairs with pretty famous people like Yvonne DiCarlo, Joan Crawford, Elizabeth Taylor, and Joan Collins. It was a pretty wild book from what I hear. I yeah. Mean, the dude will do anything for a little shock value. <laughs> and a little money. Uh, and then after his first yeah. marriage to Woods, he married another actress. They actually got married at a courthouse, I read, which was, mm-hmm. like, really weird, but whatever. God, this guy tries to get more media time than <laughs> William Shatner. <laughs> Exactly. He was busy. <laughs> and they had a daughter together named Katie. And then again, they divorced in 1971. And he actually got engaged to Tina Sinatra briefly. And then when they broke up, that's when him and Natalie got back together. Do you remember when you used to go to the movies and the old Cineplex magazine would have that two shades away and it showed how all the stars were interlinked and who had <laughs> dated who? You know, the original sleaze pool. Like, I'm sure that Wagner had his very own spider web. Like, there must have been at least a hundred little off branches shooting from the Wagner tree. Well, Elizabeth Taylor, if he was involved with her, like, she was married, like, what, like, ten times? 
Yeah. She got married to the same guy like two or three times too. So <laughs> Wagner rubbed yeah. off on her. See, I'm French and Irish. I think I could understand being angry enough to want to divorce them, but then eventually forgiving them and wanting them back. <laughs> but still not my cup of tea. Just don't marry them at all if you think it may not work out. That's <laughs> true. Save the paperwork. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think the best way this comedian phrased it one time was his mom was always on his case about when is he going to get married? When is he going to have grandchildren? He's getting older. And he just looks at her and goes, Mom, think about it this way. If it was your turn to cross the highway and 51% of you got hit, how excited would you be? Divorce is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Statistically. <laughs> <laughs> So we're just going to jump right into what happened to Natalie. So on November 29th, 1981, the body of actress Natalie Wood, who was 43 at the time, was found floating in the Pacific Ocean off of California's Catalina Island. And she was wearing a flannel nightgown, a down jacket, and wool socks. I heard it was red as well, so that's how they spotted her so easily. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was kind of a shining beacon. Yeah. So she had just been spending the Thanksgiving weekend there, and they were on their 55-foot yacht, so, you know, super small. You're missing the best part. They were on their 55-foot yacht with Christopher Walken. That is the beginning of every good story, okay? It's true. <laughs> Christopher Walken's involved. Sign me up. So the yacht was called Splendor, and Christopher Walken was there because they were in a movie together called Brainstorm. Mm-hmm. And then ship captain, whose name is Dennis Davern. Dennis Davern will come up a lot in this story. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Dav- Tavern is Dablin. Yeah. So the night's events is they attended a really small party. It was just like a few people and it was on Catalina Island. They took their dinghy that's called the Valiant over to Catalina Island. Oh gosh, that sounds like a bad birth control. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and the restaurant is called Doug's Harbor Reef. Sounds super fancy. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. So I found like four different reports on the times. So I'm just going to say the most popular report that I found. So at 10:30 PM, they were really intoxicated. And then they used the valiant valiant dinghy to go back to the boat. But the night manager of the restaurant actually said like they were so drunk. He was actually really concerned. Yeah. So he called his buddy at the Harbor patrol to like basically watch them. And they did get back to the yacht safely. It's true. I heard dinner got a little tense as well. Apparently (laughs) Wagner was quite a jealous man and he was super jealous of Christopher Walken. Yeah. Because his wife was in a starring role at the time with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he thought that there was maybe an affair going on or something like that. You might be right. Yeah. yeah I saw something that they left at 10. It was in between 10 and 1030 for sure. So then when the group got back, apparently, according to Wagner, him and Walken had a very political discussion. That's and- a very calm way to phrase. <laughs> we had an all out fucking argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, a political discussion. He said that they weren't fighting. It was just a debate. So who knows what that even means? And that apparently when they arrived back, Natalie had just immediately gone to bed. She was just like, I'm, I'm good. Peace out. Mm-hmm. So at approximately 11.05 p.m., so this is apparently only half an hour later, but I read a report that Wagner said that him and Walken were arguing for an hour. So I'm not sure which one is right. But anyway, at 11.05... Well, the problem is the story keeps changing. Exactly. Even with the witness testimony. So Wagner apparently went to go to bed after this political discussion and Natalie wasn't there. So they're searching everywhere for her. They realize that the Valiant is missing, the little dinghy. And so at 1.30 a.m., a little bit of a time Mm -hmm. jump there, 
they finally... Yeah, it's like, what were you guys doing? Yeah. Like, resting on your laurels? Like, oh, let's just watch the time and hope she comes back. I know it's a 55-foot yacht, but, like, there's three of you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm assuming... This isn't the Titanic. Like, go yeah. do a freaking round. You can find her within five minutes if she's there. <laughs> exactly. So they finally called to shore. But two hours after that is when the, they finally called the Coast Guard. So, like, it's still a really long time. So then at 8 a.m., unfortunately, Natalie Wood's body was found about a mile south of the couple's yacht at this, like, isolated cove that's called Blue Cavern Point. Yeah. And it was actually a helicopter that ended up spotting her because of the red jacket, like you said. Yeah. You know, there was, I think, a lifeguard on duty called Roger Smith that was one of the first on scene for her body. And apparently, rigor mortis hadn't set in. You know, the first thing he noticed was what good shape the body was in, which is really uncommon because typically the fingers and whatnot aren't pliable if they've been dead a long time. So he was pissed off. You know, his question was, why wasn't the Coast Guard called sooner? Because she hadn't been dead all that long. It's like there might have been that off chance. Yeah, and, like, we'll definitely get into, like, some suspicious crap later on. Because, like, some weird decisions were yeah. definitely made. For sure. It's just weird. Uh, the so You know, the, certain things don't add up. They just don't add up. Yeah. Like, already it just doesn't add up. It just doesn't. So... The, he obviously got sent to, or she got sent to the LA Medical Examiner's Office, and this doctor named Dr. Joseph Choi performed the first autopsy on her, and he said her blood alcohol level was 0.15, and she had lots of bruises on her arms and legs and her face, and he just attributed it totally to falling overboard. Yeah, they didn't investigate much further. No, they didn't. Yeah. And uh, it was point four over the legal driving limit at the time. So yeah. it's like she was drunk, but she wasn't wasted drunk. Yeah, exactly. And that apparently they just thought that she was trying to board the dinghy because they also saw evidence of scratches on the boat. And so they just were like, oh, she was just trying to get on. She couldn't. And that was it. Exactly. She slipped on the algae and let's call it a day. Yeah. So, basically, like, that's it. Like, nothing happens. They rule it accidental. The rumors are swirling about affairs and fights that Wagner killed her and pushed her off the boat. But, like, nothing happens for, like, a really long time. That's true. Did you mention the coroner Noguchi yet? He's coming, yeah. The coroner... Like, I didn't find a ton of information on him from the early days, but I Mm -hmm. found him, like, his suspicious stuff later on. You know what was interesting? He was apparently the first famous coroner in the United States. Like, (laughs) what a reason to be famous. But I guess he was the one that inspected, like, the dead bodies of celebrities. And he was really on this gung-ho campaign about the negative effects of drinking too much alcohol. But yeah, how odd. A famous coroner. (laughs) I'd hate to be famous to be a coroner. No kidding. We thought our times are strange, but maybe they're not. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. Like, I found about the medical examiner but it didn't really say a whole bunch about him until like his suspicious crap later on mm-hmm. so well yeah well you know he's famous if he just goes by a single name <laughs> Noguchi <laughs> <laughs> not Madonna Noguchi mm-hmm. so, I say with some sass Noguchi <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a sushi dish honestly so not until September of 97 is it basically a not talked about And I actually have a quote here from 97. So this is when people start talking about it again. And this is when Christopher Walken finally spoke about it. He didn't speak about it until then. I heard he kept pretty, you know, mum. But what an awkward situation to be in. Like like, you're trapped on a boat and suddenly there's a murder. It sounds like a game of Clue. Like a real life bad game of Clue. He's like, it wasn't me, I swear. Yeah, don't blame Walken. (laughs) So I have a quote that I'll read out. I'm not going to imitate him because I can't do impressions. No, but come on. It's like a fun game of charades when you try. No. I'm not even going to try. 
So he said anybody there saw the logistics of the boat the night where we were and that it was raining and would know exactly what happened. You hear about things happening to people. They slip in the bathtub. They fall down the stairs. They step off the curb in London. And because you think the cars come the other way and they die, you feel you want to die making an effort at something you don't want to die in some unnecessary way. What happened that night, only she knows because she was alone. She had gone to bed before us and her room was at the back of the yacht. A dinghy was bouncing against the side of the boat and I think she went out to move it. There was a ski ramp that was partially in the water. It was slippery. I had walked on it myself. She had told me she couldn't swim and in fact, they had cut a swimming scene from Brainstorm. She was probably half asleep and she was wearing that coat. So like, sure, I can maybe agree to that. But when he came out, that investigators were just like, nah, that's not, that's not what happened. The dinghy apparently was so light and then the yacht was so thick. That mm-hmm. she would have, like, never, ever heard it banging up against the boat. Well, I just feel that if you have a major phobia of water, even if a noise was irritating, you would still feel freaked out to go. I know she did have a sleeping pill in her system as well that night, and you're not supposed to mix the two. But, I mean, you got to call a spade a spade. It's not going to start making you hallucinate or ditch all your fears. Like, it's... Plus, if she know. was that drunk, like, she probably just would have passed out. Sure. And you know what, Vicky? She's a Hollywood movie star. She spends a lot of time to get ready in a day. I know the days that I bother doing anything to my hair, it takes fucking forever. I get pissed off if there's even a couple raindrops. <laughs> Nobody's going to go out, you know, in some wild, wet chaos of the night. Like, it just is and not Hollywood dark. A-lister behavior. And or a f- typical female. Yeah. And in yeah. the dark, like, it's not going to happen. And then they actually debunked what he said because he said, oh, she slipped on that, like, ramp Mm -hmm. but that was actually it was actually packed full of allergy they actually took a picture of it that night it was completely undisturbed there wasn't any footprints there was like nothing it was not touched well and it's odd as well because she had bruises and scrapes on the side of her arm and her head so what caused that if the algae was untouched like what would have smashed her head on the way down yeah exactly she obviously didn't fall off or walk down that gracefully You know, interestingly enough as well, there is a boat dock not that far away that evening. Um, It was a couple named John and Marilyn, and I guess they thought they heard screaming and a woman screaming for help in the water, and uh, they tried to call the Coast Guard as well. They turned on the searchlight, but weren't able to see her. But they did say as well, they thought they heard a man that night repeat the same thing seven times over, like, we're coming for you, just hang on. But his speech sounded slurred and drunk. But they actually called the Coast Guard of uh, the city that was very nearby to the little village there, the boating one, and uh, they said they were going to send out a helicopter, but realized they had no staff to man that. So they didn't take down Marilyn or John's number and weren't able to call them back. Basically, they did fuck all. And they were like, well, I hope that person they, survived. And they didn't even investigate. They didn't no. even ask Marilyn anything about that. Marilyn came out like way later in the 2000s. Yeah. Like way later. And then she actually got an anonymous note sent to her three days after the Natalie Woods was found that said... Um, I have it in my notes and it said, be quiet if you want your family alive. Like, don't say what you know. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the issue as well, because Robert Wagner was a star. And, you know, if you're any kind of famous person, you have more sway than an average folk. Yeah. And the thing is, nobody really wants to challenge that because they know these people can make their life difficult. So they get away with a lot more. It was if you value your life, keep quiet about what you know. And it was, like, on a written piece of paper, and, like, I 
couldn't find if it was on her vehicle or like where mm-hmm. it was left, but she didn't come out till like way later in like the 90s or 2000s about what happened. Well, apparently they tried to talk about it at the time as well, but the detective just disregarded it as fallacious, even though there was the phone call proving she had called the Coast Guard worried about this person. Yeah. And uh, when she couldn't get the police to listen, she tried to take it to the papers and the LA Times actually published an article on it. And that's when Natalie's mother and her sister came forward and said that, yes, we don't think it was an accident. You know, it it seems likely it was a murder. Yeah. And then, like, apparently they kept hearing her crying for help. And then finally it just stopped after 15 minutes. That's, like, so sad and, like, really scary. Well, especially given her lifelong fear of water. Because when she was little, that bridge collapsed. She was only about 11 years old and it collapsed on set. And she had a morbid fear of the water um, because actually her mother Maria did as well. And the director, rather than letting somebody jump in the water to save her right away, actually prolonged the scene for the authenticity and the excitement of the shot. So that's how fucking shady Hollywood was (laughs) back in the day. It's like, yeah, let's just let this little girl feel like she's drowning just for an extra good cut scene. Like that's so messed up. It is. Yeah, Hollywood's a backwards kind of place. There is some good news, though. So in 2011, they actually officially reopened the case. Mm-hmm. And the main reason is that Denver, or Davern, came forward and said that he ended up, he lied. So he lied. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up coming out with the truth and said, well, I guess what he thinks is the truth, that he heard Wagner and Wood arguing that night, and that he totally thinks that Wagner is responsible for her death. And he ended up blowing up some information that after Natalie went missing, Wagner didn't want to call the Coast Guard right away. He didn't want to turn on the floodlights and he didn't want to turn on the searchlights. He literally... You truly love someone and you're worried that they're missing or gone. You know, apparently in an interview, actually, he tried to discredit her. He said, oh, I just figured she went to party on someone else's boat because she was that kind of woman. It's like, you don't speak about your ex-wife that way. And then he went to suggest, oh, it was just an accident and she slipped. Like that to me, that's odd. You know, you shouldn't be trash talking your tragically deceased ex. It's just... And not even ex. Like, that was your wife. Exactly. Like, your wife died. Like, it's just, it's really messed up. It's, and yeah, it's just, it's... It just kind of seems like soulless robot behavior. You know? (laughs) It's like, where's the real emotion under there? (laughs) I know. In 2013, they did officially amend the cause of Wood's death from accidental drowning to drowning and other undetermined factors. And this came after investigators determined that the bruises found on her body on the initial autopsy, they said that the original coroner, so Noguchi, mm-hmm. put that it happened like from her falling, but they actually realized that you can't determine if it happened before or after. So they said it could have totally happened from an assault and mm-hmm. then she fell. Or from falling. So that's why they had to change it. Well, interestingly enough, too, in her first marriage to Richard Wagner, one of the neighbors reported that she ran to their house in the middle of the night and stayed the night there. And she was saying, help, help, my husband's trying to kill me. But then the next day, she didn't want to file a report and just wanted to sweep it under the rug. She's like, oh, I just got too drunk. But, you know, it just seems a little fishy. Like, that guy's fishier than a tuna can of ocean was. <laughs> like, you know, there's something at play there. There's something going it's like, on. like, whether he's a murderer or a wife beater, that dude had some shady dirt he was covering up. Oh, yeah. He had some skeletons in his closet. And in regards to Dennis, you know, it's it's good he came forward. But, God, have you seen what this guy looks like? Like, he looks like the beardless reject from Duck Dynasty. <laughs> like, he could easily get a position on ancient aliens if he just spiked his hair a little more. So it's not that you need 
to look necessarily the fanciest, but you should look slightly well polished if you're going to come out with a story like that. It's just don't un- wear a ball cap to an interview. It's just unfortunate because like his version of events is not like totally solid because Wagner just will never ever say that 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 it's they true. argued. He said that him and Walken argued. I but think Walken at first never- actually he denied even arguing with Walken. Interestingly yeah. enough, and then changed his story. Yeah. Yeah. Like the guy's been rewritten more times than the Bible. Like every time somebody asks him about the murder, there's just a new variation in the Richard Wagner case to be had. <laughs> and now he's 91. So they'll just be like, he's yeah. crazy. And, you know, <laughs> publishing shameless memoir novels <laughs> about his affairs. So in 2018, though, they did officially name him a person of interest. Mm-hmm. So that's good, at least. It is. Well, you know, and Dennis, too, it's like, bless his soul, but. He looks like someone you could easily manipulate, especially for someone like Richard Wagner. It's like you've got that Hollywood star power. You know, you've got swagger. You can easily act like, you know, Hollywood, you're a bit of a persuasive snake like, at times. Dennis was like employed by Wagner. He was. He was the ship's captain and had done some long time work. And he was so pretty young. He was, you know, apparently too. Um, there was a note left for him just saying if if you want to stay out of jail and you want your family to be safe then, you know, don't tell anyone about the events of that night. Richard Wagner hired two lawyers as well. Like, it was all bankrolled on the Wagner account. So it just seems odd to go to such great lengths. And then, you know, they ended up selling the boat and just never really speaking of it again. Yeah. The splendor wasn't so splendid. (laughs) Exactly. I hope they changed the name. So I have just some notes on, like, really strange circumstances. The first one I wrote down was that Wood's mother, Maria, Mm -hmm. apparently attended, like, some creepy Russian fortune teller when Natalie was still alive. And this fortune teller said that Natalie was going to die in dark water when she was young. Which is, like, really creepy. So they must be, like, the one in a hundred authentic gypsy. Yeah. So there was... No crystal ball required. No crystal ball required, no. Um, There was an HBO documentary out last year about Natalie Woods. And at the same time, this woman named Suzanne Finstead came out with a biography about Natalie Woods. And Vanity Fair published just a really short, like, excerpt of her book. So I actually wrote down a few interesting things that she stated in there Mm -hmm. that she found out by investigating. I couldn't find this stuff really anywhere else. So take it with it as you will. But she said that Natalie was actually exploited into some type of sexual thing with her 42-year-old director, Nicholas Ray. And that's how she got the role in Rebel Without a Cause. So I'm not sure how true that is. She also discusses how the first marriage ended because Wagner was caught with a man. And she also says that Christopher Walken was also one of the main cases that it was reopened in 2011. As Mm -hmm. someone came forward and said that Walken told them right after Natalie died, that he also heard the argument between Wagner and Woods and that he, like, Wagner pushed her. Like, he said, like, Wagner pushed her off the boat. Yeah. So, like, there's something going on there for sure. And then she ended up finding two very insanely interesting witnesses. So the first one was someone named Vidal Herrera, and he actually took pictures of Natalie Woods' autopsy. And he said that there was insane head drama and head wounds that definitely did not look like she just fell overboard. Mm -hmm. Like there was like something going on there. He said he found it quite like, and he quoted troubling. And then the second one is like some guy who just like breaks open some interesting stuff to do with Noguchi. 
that one <laughs> that Nicky one named Chief, weirdo. Name famous Nicky. <laughs> so this guy's name is Dr. Michael Franco. He's now a family medicine specialist in LA and was an intern uh, at the LA coroner's office mm-hmm. when Natalie's body was there. Because he was a volunteer intern, he wasn't on the employee list. So they never found him to interview him. He like didn't exist. They didn't even know he was present. And he said that he totally observed critical physical evidence on Natalie's body that he would have established her death as homicide if he was the main coroner. That sounds like a suspicious cover-up if I ever heard one. Oh, yeah. He said that he observed that there were bruises on Natalie's anterior thighs and shins that he described as frictional burns. And then he quotes and says, I remember the striations were in the opposite direction of somebody trying to get onto the boat. It was almost like somebody being pushed off. And because of the significant amount of bruising in the lower anterior thighs and shins, that's what caught my attention. She would have had to have been pushed forcefully off or there was a force that was pulling her off or something. The amount of noticeable bruising to the thigh shouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm, even in John and Marilyn's tale yeah. about hearing a man as well. And apparently they refused to interview John and Marilyn. She even offered to take a polygraph. So it just seems a quite dry odd. Cover up. Well, even um, the main investigator as well, when he went to tell Wagner about his wife's death, right away he expressed concern about himself and children, and they flew him off the island right away. They just took him back home. And then later on, it was kind of questioned, like, you're the head detective. What are you doing flying across the country and back? And he was like, well, I can effectively do my job. But really, you know, it's... As I said, like a game of Clue, there's only so many people on that boat. You better damn well make sure you investigate every potential cause first before just setting them home. Like, here's an all-expenses-paid plane ticket. Like, you know, you say jump, I say how high, Mr. Wagner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the interesting thing is Franco apparently did tell Noguchi, like, hey, that looks weird. Like, why aren't you writing that down in your report? Apparently, Noguchi didn't look at him, kept looking down just nodded and then said, some things are best left unsaid. Or some wallet books fattened. Ridiculous. So Suzanne mentions a theory in the biography that basically Wagner dropped the Valiant into the water to make it look like she left for shore. Mm -hmm. And that Davern said that he actually heard the dinghy being dropped into the water after the horrible fight that he overheard. And that he actually saw Wagner somewhere near the dinghy at some point during this argument he overheard. The next time Davern saw him on the boat, he was sweating and looked like he had been in a struggle. And then the dinghy was gone. Well, and then to want to just sit on your laurels for an hour and a half. And interestingly enough as well, I guess they had gotten in a big argument just the night before. And Natalie spent the night in the hotel with the boat driver, actually. Nothing sexual. Like, he just hung out with her. And, you know, she talked about how she was upset, kind of wanted to leave him. He was always such a jealous man. But then, of course, the next night she was back on there. Yeah. Yeah. So she left in, like, the middle of the night, the night before. So, like, obviously tensions were, like, pretty high between it's them, It's true, because sure. even the detectives uncovered that. And Dennis at the time said that they had been on the boat the whole time. And they were like, well, we found the hotel receipt. Yeah, and I also read off that the Davern or whatever he heard say, or Wagner say to Natalie, the last words he ever said was, get off my fucking boat. So. It's a pretty incriminating outlook. I know some people thought perhaps that, uh, you know, Dennis Davern's testimony came at a suspicious time because it was right before Natalie Wood's 35th death anniversary. 
But, you know, at the same time, if his lawyers were paid by Robert Wagner and he was receiving threats and, you know, he looks like just your average dude. He probably didn't want to rock the boat. You know, Wagner (laughs) is obviously (laughs) exactly rich as hell. And oh, which, by the way, thank you for letting me swear on your show. But, you know, I figure if Allison can get away with it, why not me? So (laughs) thank you. Shout out to Allison for paving the way for my swearing. Exactly. You know, once in a while, the sailor has to come out. You just keep it clean 90% of the time. It's like a well-balanced diet of swearing. It's true. <laughs> I swear like a sailor. I'm not going to let other people not swear like a sailor. Exactly. We need to be realists here. It's true. <laughs> so basically, this Suzanne person who wrote this biography, her theory is she that Wagner... She sounds so ambiguous. She does. <laughs> Sexy she... Suzanne. <laughs> her theory is that Wagner pushed her into the water after an argument, threw the dinghy in the water, she tried to climb up onto the dinghy, and he just kept pushing her down and wouldn't let her stay on until she, like, probably floated out into the water with the dinghy, and he was yelling at her, we'll come get you, we'll come get you, until she just eventually drowned. There's a lot of suspicious circumstances in this death, but I think the most irritating thing is that there was not one fucking person doing their job properly, except maybe the lifeguard that arrived on the scene. It's like, you know, how did all of you bypass all this critical information and just chalk it up to, oh, accidental drowning? It's like, I think nobody wanted to take too close a look because they were all too afraid because that's a high profile case. But just because they're a celebrity and they have invincibility complex doesn't mean they should be able to get away with anything. I agree. And I think the hard part is, is I, I don't know how high up like the sides were on the dinghy. But she was wearing like a wool jacket and a wool jacket in 1981 was like stuffed mm-hmm. or a down jacket. Not you know, wool, they sorry, say down. it was due to an air pocket that was trapped under that jacket that kept her body afloat. Otherwise, she have n- never been discovered. And it's unfortunate because what if she had taken off that jacket and then she was able to get on to the dinghy? Because like, was she just not a really educated swimmer. And that's why she just didn't realize that it was like weighing her down and she wouldn't be able to get up. Or was she just not strong enough to get up and it didn't matter with the wool or down jacket? She had wool socks on. So that's why I keep saying wool jacket. But it's a down jacket. It just makes me wonder because like the dinghy was there. But if you had head trauma, did the head trauma happen after you had already drowned or were unconscious or did the head trauma happen? And that's why you were like, were you just hanging on to the dinghy until you eventually let go and drown? Like, it's just so sad. It really is. But yet again, it's like, what did her head hit on the way down? If the algae on the dock wasn't disturbed, there's just so many questions. And I think the most frustrating thing (laughs) is that these answers will probably never have a full resolution. No, It's like a lot of us can speculate and also how horrible for her daughters. It's like you have a high profile mother and father and, you know, you have to live with this speculation because a lot of people think he's guilty. Yep. Speaking of that, actually, in the documentary, uh, it came out last year. It's called Natalie Wood, What Remains Behind. So Natasha, her first daughter, her name's now Natasha Gregson Wagner. Um, she actually confronts Wagner on camera in the documentary, apparently. He obviously denies it. It's not like he's like, okay, yes, I did it. Uh, but she says after the cameras and really stresses, like, she feels like he had nothing to do with her mother's death. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to me. But you know, whether he's guilty or not, he's guilty of something. I, You know, it's hard to say if it's necessarily murder. There's a chance that it isn't. There's a chance that it is. It's just due to people slacking on the job. We'll never fully know. 
But uh, I don't know, at the end of the day, he was hiding something. Clearly that vicious temper, you know, even though it was common of Hollywood, everybody hid it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, like I agree. I don't know if he murdered her or was just like neglectful. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, she fell overboard. She's probably on the dinghy. Let's not put the floodlights and the searchlights on for her. Let's just let her manage her on her own out there. Like, maybe he thought she was on the dinghy and she was just going to have her moment and come back. But, you know, given his wife was so fearful of water and she was drunk, like, come on. You know, do you have half a brain cell to you or were you just slacking for a reason? But, like, where was Walken? Yeah, I know. Like, Wagner's not the only one. Like, like, did not someone on the boat be like, hey, this is actually kind of... Like, where well, was walking? <laughs> you know, he probably wasn't sleeping. Because if you get into a heated argument, like, there's a good chance you're not falling asleep that night. Unless, you know, walking kept drinking after. Who knows? He's Christopher Walken. He does what he wants. <laughs> but either way, like, I, I could see why he would retire early. How fucking awkward to be stuck on a small little boat with a fighting married couple <laughs> because one is insanely jealous you know what though like maybe i would be jealous of christopher walken too if i were a dude like clearly he's a talented actor so <laughs> wagner was just threatened there was somebody better but what a way to begin a tale like i said so they were partying on a boat with christopher walken like you don't hear that every day it's true and then he's like not even really in the story like he's barely in it like mm-hmm. at all like i don't blame him for not coming out i wouldn't have come out either like if i yeah. was actually innocent and didn't have any real information i would have not said shit either it's true <laughs> like, well I'm you kidding. know either way it's gonna rock the boat because whether or not you think wagner did it he's a high profile dude that runs in the same hollywood circle You know, it just makes your life more difficult. It's true. The only other notes I have here is that after Natalie's death, Wagner actually became the legal guardian of both daughters. I found that really interesting because I wonder why Richard Gregson didn't take his own daughter, but whatever. And then he did get remarried. So he started dating another actress called Jill St. John. He'd actually known her since the 50s, I guess. And they dated for eight years and then got married in 1990. And then they're still married to this day. Mm-hmm. They both have had the same amount of marriages. So they're both on their fourth. And their fourth marriages lasted longer than all of their marriages combined. <laughs> kind like, of a neat little ditty, isn't it? Yeah. So that's basically yeah. like all the info I found. Well, I mean, he had to play it safe. If wife number one looked suspicious, there's no way you could have gotten away with wife number two. <laughs> the only choice is to stay married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just like really didn't want to divorce woods a second time (laughs) yeah i guess it was a shameful thing it's like to avoid the drama let's just push someone overboard and then (laughs) the only other thing i found and i didn't actually write this down but she actually came out and we talked about this before the podcast started but she came out and told some of her friends and family that she was raped at the age of 16 by a really high profile actor and after she died those friends came out and said that it was actually kirk douglas Mm -hmm. and after kirk douglas died he was like 103 i think it was only like a couple years ago if i remember it came out that like she wasn't the only one that had said that he was like harvey weinstein's predecessor yeah yeah well even frank sinatra there's speculation that at age 15 it's like her mother was just pimping her out to get hollywood famous yeah even her high school sweetheart proposed to her and she was forced to give the ring back and then he tried to commit suicide later. So this whole tale is just tragic. I mean, honestly, her real life is far better than any movie and more dramatic. But it's sad because it just feels like she was always pushed into that lifestyle and never really had a choice. Yeah. And like even when it says like that broken engagement with the shoe 
manufacturer. Like, did Maria not allow her to get married because he because wasn't, he wasn't an actor? famous? He yeah. was just a he was just a shoe. And if you're married, then you lose sex appeal. So her mother was just about doing whatever was best for her career. It's like she was living so vicariously through her daughter that she never had a chance to be her own person. Yeah, and it's just yeah, like she was obviously a great actress. Like she obviously her mom saw something in her that worked. Well, she but was what phenomenal. if she didn't want to? What if she didn't want to do that? Exactly. Or what if she wanted to like just take care of kids at the age of forty three and not act or be married to some loser like Richard Wagner? Exactly. Whose face has literally doubled in size in his old age? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? It's true. It's kind of like, you know, somebody got a bee sting or just too much Botox. I don't know what happened to the man, but... I was trying to create so many jokes about him when I was writing this out because he was number two in Austin Powers. So I was like, yeah, well, like, his career is number two because <laughs> after Natalie died, he basically, like, only was number two in movies. So. Exactly. Yeah. Talk about a vacant name. You can tell you're washed up when. I wouldn't want to hire him either. Well, especially to be writing biographies and whatnot and just, you know, throwing your private details under the table like that. It kind of shows a personal character that you're willing to sell any chunk of your personal life to make a quick buck, but try and make yourself look good in the process. But because you're too stupid, you just don't know how to make yourself look good. I wonder if he didn't even mention Natalie in the memoir. I believe he must have. Like, I he still think he maintains it was an accident. Yeah, he probably just doesn't talk a lot about the murder, just about their, like, relationship, and then, like, goes goes on. Exactly. But, like, I don't know. Like I said, I just feel like it's one of those things that, unfortunately, we might never know for sure. I don't think we but will. But we can always agree he's a shady bastard, no I, matter what way he, you slice it. Like, I think he 100% is involved. At what capacity he's involved, I'm not sure. If he and, like, if it ever came out that he pushed her, I wouldn't be surprised. Like... At all. Mm -hmm. But, like, he is definitely responsible in some way. Yeah. Well, with fame comes power, and with power comes corruption. And it's just, you know, it's too bad when these people make it to the top. It's like, you don't know if they were always that way, and that's what it takes. Or, (laughs) you know, it's just Hollywood corruption. But Yeah, I just think that, like, the thing that got me was the floodlights. Like, why would you not? Like, your wife falls overboard, and you don't turn on any lights. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Like, way to make yourself, like, guilty. Like, you're implicating yourself. Like, if Christopher Walken woke up to, like, go pee, and then they're like, oh, my God, Natalie Woods is missing. Wouldn't your first thought be, like, why is it so dark? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, it's true. And, like, just to take a dinghy in the middle of the night and just assume your wife went partying, it's like, no, you're probably hoping that after an argument. But, but, uh, but I, the night before, she took the captain, so if she wanted to leave, wouldn't she have just taken she him did. again? Yeah, she even tried to get a private flight out of there, and they wouldn't accommodate her. They're like, listen, lady, this isn't the best system. We're not just going to come pick you up on Catalina Island. Like, <laughs> you know, stay there and party. But, God, it sounds like she had a rough time, because Wagner was just a buzzkill. There's no other word for him. He's just <laughs> fucking jealous, irate buzzkill. <laughs> You know, just if you want another... Possibly closeted. (laughs) If you could choose to party with someone through the ages, do not make it Richard Wagner. Because the guy just sucks at life. It's true. Yeah. Okay, well, that concludes our story of Natalie Wood and her premature passing. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I do post new episodes every second Tuesday. And if you want to keep up with the podcast, then feel free to follow my Instagram page at Murder Sandwich Podcast on Instagram. 
I said that already, but oh well. <laughs> Redundant. <laughs> yeah. You now for sure know that's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be found on all major podcast platforms for listening to the show. And I wrote a little pun here, so everyone let me know what you think. But Sandwich Murderer, will I be doing next week? <laughs> Ooh, exciting. Denmark, we hope to see more of you soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks everyone.